Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Ashley Kiefer, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Ashley, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. I'm happy to be here. Oh, Ashley, I'm happy to be here with you, too. And we're sitting on the veranda of your winery. Little Kiever Vineyards is a pretty special place. We have only 21 acres of land, and of those, only six and a half are plantable to grapevine per all of those Napa County regulations that seem to be becoming increasingly strict. And because of its small size, we are so grateful and thankful for this little piece of land that we get to work at and enjoy the labors of love every day. (laughs) Well, it is spectacular here, and it also has a spectacular view. And it's a beautiful morning. So um, before we talk about your career and Kiefer Vineyards, let's talk about you and your personal life. (laughs) Yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, so you are a California girl who took a side trip to Germany when she was growing up. That is true. I lived in Germany from when I was seven until when I was 17. And I was in Dusseldorf, Germany, which was a lovely place to grow up. It has perfectly punctual public transportation. It is very clean, very safe. I shouldn't say is, I should say was. I haven't been back, to be honest with you. But it was a a lovely way to grow up because I went to international school and it was such a small school. You didn't have to be very athletic to be on the athletic teams. And then we would play other international schools. So you would play the International School of Vienna and the International School of Den Haag and the International School of Brussels. So you were able to travel just being on the little under-14 basketball team, which oh. was so much fun. And you remember that real clearly. Very clearly. If, you know, if you can see over the counter, you can have a drink <laughs> in, in Europe. In Germany, you can't drive, however, until you're 18 mm-hmm. for some obvious reasons. Um, well, that's just the speed limit. Oh, probably. It, on the Autobahn. doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. So. But, but you landed back here in your late teens. In California? Yes, my whole family moved back together. And then my parents were looking to grow grapes. And that's really how it all started. So I went to college in San Francisco. And my brother and I were both leading adult independent lives at the time. And my mom and dad found this little piece of land just tucked up into the western hills here of Yauntville. And at the time, it was a rundown horse ranch. So there were no vines and no buildings. And their initial concept was to plant fruit and uh, plant vines and sell the fruit. Right. And then they never did that. Then they never sold one grape off the entire property. Um, They hired Jim Barber. So Jim Barber came and he's who put these vines in the ground and still to this day is who farms our land. And uh, he recommended to my parents in 2002, which is when they were going to have their first usable crop, that they shouldn't sell it that instead they should put it in a bottle and put their own name on it. And he felt like it was an inevitable progression and that it would be more difficult to backtrack. So he recommended consulting winemakers that he thought were, uh, at the time, front-running consulting winemakers in the Napa Valley. And at the top of the list was Celia Welch. And my parents called her, and she interviewed them, of course, and said she would think about it. 
And that was on a Monday. And she called back on Friday and said she would make my parents wine. So then we had a winemaker and a little tiny production. It turned into 46 cases of 100% Cabernet Sauvignon in 2002. And that was the beginning. So you want to talk about Kiefer Vineyards right now, and I want to talk about your personal life. Oh, yeah, life. I forgot personal life. <laughs> so. But we're going to get back to Kiefer Vineyards because that is a great story, and I'm glad that you gave everyone a preview <laughs> for sure. Um, but you uh, lived in San Francisco. You, you relocated up to the Napa Valley. Talk about your life here in the Napa Valley. What do you like most about living here? It grows on you very much um, over time. I, when I first moved here, I thought, what a sleepy little town. And then the longer you live here, you are constantly, I am constantly amazed by the sense of community and how small it is and what we all do for each other. I was just laughing with my mom about it yesterday that one person makes jewelry and the other person buys the jewelry and then they sell it in their little coffee shop where they make the coffee. And then the people that are drinking the coffee are the people that are your insurance people. Like it's just so incestuous, but in the most positive way ever. And I love raising my daughter here. I have an eight-year-old daughter who is the absolute light of my life. Her name is Liliana. And that um, this is a wonderful place to, to have her. She gets to ride horses and go to cool camps. And we know so many amazing people. Also the climate. Can I mention that? And all of the amazing <laughs> produce. The, I think the, the positives to living in the Napa Valley are endless. And also you think there won't be um, young people when I first moved here, but I have found very many that I'm thankful to know. How would you describe your home decor? I know you live in the Silverado Country Club area. I do. Um, how would you describe your decor in your home? I... I'm not going to lie. I like as minimal kid stuff as possible. I'm really trying to lead the kind of life where I don't collect things. Um, So I would say it's fairly modern yet cozy. Um, Everything is gray or white and doesn't particularly have color, to be honest with you, in my entire house, other than green plants. There are green plants and the occasional throw pillow but otherwise fairly modern and clean, except my daughter's room, which is complete however she'd like it to be, and that is her area that she's welcome to curate to her liking. I'm surprised to learn that about you, but I think it's very classic as well. You know, that means that whatever you do shines. You shine in your own home because you're so, so beautiful. Um, Thank you. So when you entertain at home, do you have a, a particular ritual that you... I find that we always congregate in the kitchen, which I'm sure everyone can relate to. Right. It does not matter how many charming, entertaining spaces you create. We all congregate in the kitchen and stand around the kitchen island and open delicious wines and share delicious snacks. And that seems to really be the center of the home. I'm a cancer, so I also might have that in me from a star sign perspective. I like to feed everyone. (laughs) What's your favorite dish? Ooh, good question that I don't know the answer to. Although, after sitting with Ronco at the book signing, that paella, all I can think about is paella. paella. And the Zuzu paella. Oh, yes. And all Zuzu's. paella. Right? Yes. Zuzu is a great restaurant in Napa, too. It is. It's lovely. You can just nosh through. You know, that's really, the truth is, however, that that's primarily what we do. And it's just my daughter and I. So the the concept of going and spending so much time shopping and then cooking and then eating for five minutes and then cleaning for another two hours, 
especially when there are so many amazing restaurants to enjoy in such gorgeous sceneries. That is really what we, I must confess, primarily do, my daughter and I. We restaurant hop. We're on like a constant culinary adventure here in the Napa Valley, and we're so thankful to do it. It's like a progressive dinner. It's just always. By way of restaurants. And it doesn't end. And then the next day, it's, shall we have this over here? And I, we are very, very spoiled, and it's not lost on me, I must say. I realize that. Well, I just want to know what your exercise routine is. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because would... you're so fit and trim for noshing all the time. You know, that, I, I'm a bit of a yo-yo up and downer, <laughs> unfortunately, but I would say that it's an active lifestyle. There aren't a lot of moments that are just sitting. And so I keep, incred- I really, from the moment I get up at 6.30 a.m. until the time my head hits the pillow, hopefully at 9.30 p.m., I'm really usually moving and doing things. And I love walking through the vineyard and doing yoga with my daughter at home. We roll out the mats in front of the fireplace and it's lovely. And we just love walking our neighborhood. Silverado Country Club um, lends itself to a glorious evening walk. So I would I would honestly say it's just a lifestyle and staying active, but I don't have any specific. I can't tell you it's CrossFit. I'd be lying. <laughs> okay, I have to ask, we're in wine country. Other than Keeper Vineyards, what do you drink at home? Yeah, I can't afford to drink our own wine. <laughs> Stop it. No, if I drink it, then I can't sell it, and then I can't keep the lights on in the joints. Oh, so, no. <laughs> I know. So I am pumped on so many wines right now. I'm a big Julian Fayard fan. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes Covert Estate and Azure and Perlou and Lapiche, many other things I'm sure that I can't currently think of. I'm also into Dakota Shy. Have you heard of that? Oh, I have. They're at the base of Sage Canyon yes. Road. and I, Two I'm, young guys, right? Yes, Todd Newman and Tom Garrett, right? Is the He's the winemaker, and he also makes that Cap Franc called Dietert. Well, that, that one I don't know delicious. about. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so I recommend that winery to people sometimes also because I anticipate it to be getting more expensive sometime in the near future. You know, it's new and delicious. And so that probably won't stay at that price point for too, too long. And then have you ever heard of O'Brien? Oh, Estate? yes. I love their wines. I think they're delicious and at an incredible value. So you're definitely drinking wine. You are a wine girl. Oh, my heavens. Yes. yes. It's a slippery slope. I think that's how so many people get started. You have you can be doing whatever else it is that you intend to do with your life, and then you come and you work a harvest, and you find yourself completely hooked and mesmerized by all of it. I mean, I'm sitting here staring at you right now, and I can't not look at the at the grapes and, and wonder what they taste like um, at this current day. I tasted them maybe four days ago, and they tasted to me around 18-ish bricks just from tasting, but... Um, they should be getting ready maybe in the next four weeks or so. Yeah, we're, we're approaching harvest pretty soon here. Yeah, it's about to get zooish around here where the roads are clogged and you can't get a sandwich. But at the same time, you can roll down your window and smell fermentation in I the entire that. air. Because it smells just like grape juice. It? <laughs> it, it does. does. It's awesome. Usually in the evening. Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. Well, we're almost to talking about your career, um, but before we go there, what would your wine country dream day look like? Oh, that is such a good question. I think that it would probably begin with a hike, potentially 
a ritual coffee and then a hike and then to get ready and then probably some sort of lengthy brunch potentially at Boonfly Cafe or Carneros um, and then it would probably have to do with a little wine tasting only because I so infrequently get to do that and there are oodles of places on my list that I wish to visit so then I would probably yeah do a little wine tasting followed by more eating it would probably have to have an, a happy hour somewhere downtown or a farmstead oh that right. sounds lovely Yes, maybe even some shopping in there. Downtown Napa has really, I was there the other day and I saw moms and daughters and people actually shopping. They were just down there going from shop to shop, which is such a new thing. I don't, you didn't find that 10 years ago, certainly. No. Now Napa's finally kind of come into its own. It has a lot of options for shopping and eating and lodging. Absolutely. And wonderful options. It's fun to watch this evolution. It is. And you've lived here a lot longer than I have, so you've. You've really seen the change. I've been here since 2008. Oh, actually, I came before you. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, I was here in 05. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. Okay, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically, I've seen more change than you, which I find that hard to believe. <laughs> but nevertheless, we've both seen a lot of changes throughout the valley, especially Napa. Are you here full time? Not anymore. I bounce back and forth. Um, between Kentucky and California these days. But I lived full-time up in St. Helena for about eight years. Wow. St. Helena, even tinier than than Yachtville. Well, maybe not. St. Helena is like 5,000 people. Okay, maybe it's bigger then. By by a few hundred or so. Anyway, let's talk about you. Um, First job ever, first paying job. Do you remember it? Oh, it was Broadway Plaza, Banana Republic, when I moved back to the States from Germany. Okay. Yes. So in Germany, I was not employed as a 10th grader, or because then we moved to, to Holland for one year, and I sort of just don't mention it, but yeah, I only lived in Germany till I was in the 10th grade, and then we moved to Holland, and I had 11th grade there, and then when I was a senior in high school, we moved back to the States, which was a bit of cultural shock, as you sure. might imagine. But I feel like whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger because at the time I thought it was just absolutely heart-wrenching to be leaving my boyfriend and all of my friends and it just, and then, you know, it was very clicky and I went to Monta Vista in Danville, California. So that was a, a little tough thing to break into. But as an adult, I never reflect on it in a poor fashion, only in a positive way because everything that teaches you to assimilate to new environments causes you to grow. Right. You know, when you stay all cozy and warm and comfy, you really don't have an opportunity for growth and expansion. So I'm thankful for it now. So you worked at Banana Republic. Yes, Banana Republic. (laughs) T-shirts. I probably spent more money there than I made there. Oh, of course. Of course. That's how it is, right? But you get the good friends and family discount. And But fast forward... Now you're here at Kiever Vineyards. Now I'm here at Kiever. So my mom, when the winery was built, she was doing every single tour and tasting, as well as the entire office. So um, bill paying, shipping, distribution, compliance, all of it. And she said, I'm going to run an ad in the newspaper. I need help. And I said, I would love to be your help. This was in 2009. So I came to join full-time in 2009. I would come. The winery was here in 2006. And so I would come help sort fruit and things of that nature. But it wasn't until 2009 that I took a permanent role. And then now I would say that my mom doesn't usually host. And it's primarily me. What did you... So have you worked every bit of the wine business? Every role? 
Pretty much. My brother would really like me to be forklift certified, and it gives me anxiety. So he sets up obstacle courses for the interns, and they have to achieve all of these things with a forklift. And I, for some reason, just don't have real interest. Oh, also enology. With regards to what they do in the lab, I appreciate how important it is. However, and I can tell you what it is that they're testing for. I just can't tell you physically how they do it. Um, and it also doesn't interest me that much. Certainly not as much as the, the vineyard and the, and the actual viticulture and the farming does. But yeah, I love hosting the guests. It's my little window to the world. So even though I'm in a super beautiful place, I am kind of just stuck up here. And so then I get to meet people from all over the world with interesting walks of life and help them feel at home and share our delicious wine with them. So I mean, my job is very easy and very fun. I love what I do. Let's talk about Kiever. How many cases of wine do you produce? We make about 2,000 cases on a large year. And Cecilia is still your winemaker? Yes, Celia Welch. Celia, I'm so sorry. It's a common one. Celia yeah. Welch has been our winemaker since our first vintage, which was 2002. And we've never deviated from the combination of Celia Welch on winemaking and Jim Barber okay. on farming. Okay, that's great. She's amazingly talented. We're so thankful for her. And she's really the reason that we're able to do what we do here. I just try not to mess it up. And then I get to share it with guests, which is so much fun. Although I am always in charge of, yes, fruit sorting as well and evenly feeding the destemmer, which my brother maintains is important. So we all, it's all hands on deck here at Kiever. My mom handles distribution, which I'm thankful for. That's not fun to me. Right. And then my father is a facility maintenance manager. So okay. light bulb changing, hedge trimming. Um, when an important account is out of wine, he will take it to them. And then my brother is director of winemaking operations. So he's production, everything production. Right. We have one cellar master whose name is Horatio. And then I have one person on my team whose name is Liz. And she started the wine society for us and also hosts um, on the weekends with me. What drives you? I think the privilege of being able to be here and have the delicious wine and, and understanding that people travel from all over the world to be here as well and that they could have easily visited any of the other 540 wineries that exist in the Napa Valley, but they've taken a chunk of their day and they may only have two days or one day or four days to be here to be at Kiever. And that's not lost on me. So I want to make it memorable and, and important and make them um, feel like they made the right decision on their trip. So how many wines does Keeper make? Not very many. The concept is kind of not a lot of wines, but no weak link in the lineup. That's good. We have a Sauvignon Blanc that is delicious. And then our Bordeaux-style blend is called Inspirado. And then the flagship Cabernet Sauvignon. And those are the three primary wines here at Kiever Vineyards. We also make a very small production of Merlot that we hand bottle that's delicious, but primarily available to our wine society. Is your wine, dis your wine is distributed because you said your mother oversees that. So occasionally people can find it out at a restaurant or a wine shop. Yes, exactly. But the only way to guarantee that they receive it is to be part of your wine society, right? True, true, or to come visit. And, right. then, and then it would be available, you would be on our mailing list. But otherwise you can find it at many Del Frisco's and at the French Laundry and at Press. So we're thankful to have some of the placements that we do have. I would say maybe we have distribution in eight states, 10 states, something like that. Okay. Do you have anyone who's provided um, inspiration or been a mentor to you throughout your career? Wow, so many. I feel like the inspiration is around every single corner. Um, and I draw it from 
so many small places. But I have to say, even sitting next to Ronco the other day at the book signing, I found myself totally inspired by her and and the hustle between having your own career, which so many of us have to do. We live in Northern California. It's not right. really a joke. And then... And then also being an amazing wife and, and supporting to her husband, who does so much, all right, is certainly busy, and then raise her two beautiful boys. I mean, I think just hanging out with the other cool women that get it all done and are super boss babes is, is what really drives me and inspires me. And that list is long, right? Super boss babes. I like that terminology. Yes. You know, that just are, I don't know, she's so beautiful and then just totally owns it all and is intelligent and pretty from the inside out. So we're talking about Ronco Anderson, whose husband is Kale Anderson, who's a, a winemaker. And so yeah, we, sorry, I should have said. Yeah, so we just spent some time with her um, this past weekend. So I just wanted to identify that. So the inspiration that you have is from the women that you're surrounded by. Absolutely. Okay. And, and the scenery and the surroundings and the raw product itself, to be honest. If somebody came to you, and, and I'm sure they have over the course of the years, and said, Ashley, I want to get into the wine business, what advice would you give them? I would think I would ask in what capacity they wish to get in the wine business, because as you know, you can work at a bottling line. Right. You could be a creator of capsules. You know, you can be marketing, you can be digital behind the scenes, you can be a website host, you know. So I would ask first in what capacity and move from there because different avenues for different interests of, of the wine business. Don't you think there's a misconception, um, you know, haven't you heard, maybe not misconception, but haven't you heard, I mean, people always say, oh, I want to live here. Right. I want to live here. This is such a beautiful place. I want to work in the wine yes. industry. But I sometimes think they don't know where they want to work in the wine industry. They just want to work in it because they think it's so much, it's it, going to be so much fun. But it is hard work. It is. I think it's really both. And I think, yes, outwardly, it can appear very glamorous. All the time, every day I have guests and they say, honey, this is what we should do. Let's buy a winery. Or, and I'm thinking in my head, oh, just a warning. It's like a boat <laughs> or a horse, you know. Right. Um, money goes into it. So it is a lot of work. And um, I think that is the other inspiration behind what I do is how much work my parents put into this and honoring that because they certainly didn't have to. You never have to. And I don't think they originally realized how much work it was going to be either. Not to mention there are an extreme amount of, like I was saying, those permits and those parameters. Right. We're only allowed to see X number of people per day and per week and food and wine pairings per week. And, and so it's all very specific. And then trying to stay within those parameters and sell all your wine and not ruffle anyone's feathers in the meantime and, you know, have a smile on your face while doing it all isn't easy at all times. And I, I feel like that's why it, I'm so thankful that we have all of us, though, because so when an oak tree falls down and it's broken a fence and the deer have gotten in and they're eating all of our crop, that's my dad's area, you know, right. and so thank goodness. And then if, if my brother's got an issue with the barrels not being delivered on time, he knows how to handle that. And if I've double booked myself, I know how to handle that. So we all have to sort of divide and conquer. And that I think that also helps us get along, right? As a family, we really right. work here every single day. 
And you wonder, how does that exactly work? Well, there's a lot to do. So we're not exactly <laughs> staring over each other's shoulders, micromanaging one another's projects. It's like all hands on deck, everybody go. Well, like you said, everyone has an area of responsibility. So everybody's focused on those specific areas. So not a ton of crossover, right. which I think helps eliminate confusion and potential quarreling. And allows you all to get along. Right. Yes. <laughs> because it could be, it could be, um, you know, too much. Yes. My mom always jokes. She says, I wish I had more kids, you know, for the labor. And then people ask her, I'm sorry, how many kids do you have? She says, just the two. And then the guests would say, oh, and they, they both get along and they both work in the business. She goes, yes, they do. And they go, just be thankful. Just... Shut up and run away because <laughs> apparently it can be trickier as you add more. Yeah, two is the perfect number. Well, we've said that there are some challenges to working in the wine industry. Um, like any other industry, I'm like sure. Like any other industry. But I'm curious, is there a, in the last several years that you've worked here at Kiever Vineyards, is there a favorite memory whether it's on the road or here on the property that comes to mind that you'd like to share with a guest or oh, the a guests. celebrity or um, a particular wine oh, dinner. One time whatever. Kate Upton came to the winery and I didn't know Justin Verlander or who he was. That is her fiance and he's a very important pitcher, right? For Sure. Detroit. Do you say so? <laughs> and I never know the sports figures, and it's mortifying. And here I am fawning over her and just uh, amazed at her beauty and wit. And turns out he's just as important, if not more, in some people's minds than she is. So I, I kind of blew it. And I had nothing on the tasting calendar that day, and I was very committed to wearing pajamas to work. And then here comes Kate Upton, sent by the bar to Sono at 10.30 a.m. So just jokes on you, you know, whether or not you're going to Whole Foods, it's the Napa Valley. So let's act like it matters, right? Okay. Even really, in your pajamas, I'm sure you didn't come in your pajamas, no, but, not, but, I, oh. but even if you came in comfy clothes, I'm sure you were a fashionista. Lesson learned there. My goodness. <laughs> but one of my favorite memories, they never let me go on the road. And so it is so much fun for me to do. And I went to North Carolina and I had this sold out wine dinner at Petit Philippe, which, uh, no, I'm sorry. Petit Philippe was the wine store that was putting it on at the French Lumiere kitchen in North Carolina. And it was awesome because so many people were there in North Carolina and I really got to have the opportunity to try to bring Napa to them. And it was fun. So that was a good memory. That's good. They need to put you, t let you go on the road more often. I, but then someone else has to do what Be I do. Here. They have to watch my kid and host my guests. And I think only I like doing that as much as I do. Right. I know. See, job security. True. You can, they can never let you go. Yes. I'm, I keep hoping that's true. But you need to, you need to escape every now and then because you, it sounds like you had a great time in North Carolina. So much fun. I agree. Thank you for putting in a good word for me yeah, with them on absolutely. that regard. Well, let's, um, let's wrap things up with what I like to call five quick questions. The idea is not to think too hard or long about these questions. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. What designer brand do you wear the most? TikTok. <laughs> Janessa Leone. Okay. Hats, probably. That's all I could think of. What's the weirdest thing in your purse right now? 
The weirdest thing. Slime. Who did you last send a handwritten note to? Ooh, my daughter. What's your all-time favorite movie? Pretty Woman. And what's one can't miss stop in wine country? We know there's many, but what's one? That was the hardest one yet. I would say the entire town of Yauntville. To have a little saunter through it and to check it out. It's very walkable. And then, uh, you know, I wanted to also ask you, and those are our five quick questions, but I also wanted to ask you, if people want to come to Kiefer Vineyards, what's the best way for them to do that? I would say by phone. The other good thing about Kiefer Vineyards is there's no automated system that you'll ever receive. I answer the phone or my mom answers the phone. Actually, the business line is connected to her home. So even if people call at midnight, she will answer the phone. And then we're happy to schedule you and would love to host. So that number is? 707-944-0910. So see, you get extra special care when you when you come to Kiefer Vineyards. from true. From calling to visiting. And I can promise you the view won't disappoint, the hospitality won't disappoint, and the wines are spectacular. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for staying down with us today, Ashley. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women. Mm -hmm.